I could not get to any next level without evolving and adjusting my mindset and adding knowledge all the way. The, the, the two had to go hand in hand. I think it's really good to consciously say to ourselves, I don't know everything. I am open to learning. All right, we are live. Welcome to the Rona Mindset Podcast. My name is Steve Didier, and today it is Monday. We have an extra special guest. This is going to be a lot of fun, I guarantee it, and you will get a lot of value from this, I promise. Susan Batchelder, how you doing? Fantastic. Happy to be here. <laughs> I have been looking forward to having you on because I know your backstory. I know the things that you have overcome, and I know you know, all the challenges you've faced in the past, say, 15 years. And for you to go through all of that and end up where you're at is nothing short of miraculous. But it's all due to your mindset. Unstoppable. Absolutely. You know, you know what's really cool about um, how you introduce me, etc., is there's some parts of that uh, phase of my journey that only you know. That's what's unique about, about about this. There's some parts that only you experience, you know, kind of along with me because uh, just the timeline and what we were doing at the time. Right, right. So we we worked together. I'm, I'm going to let you tell your story, but you know, we worked together um, about ten years ago in a company, and we we ended up collaborating on some projects and ended up developing a friendship over time. So that's why you're my homie now. <laughs> and we had, we were regularly creating content around the concept of mindset and how it applies to business. And then the very first time that we met in person was right after a massive turning point for me. So that's the, that's really the key piece that only, you know, because you're the one that saw me, you know, right before. And then the astounding, astounding <laughs> difference mm -hmm. almost immediately Absolutely. after so it was a, it was a great cool. difference and we're gonna we're, we're gonna get into that but <laughs> let's let's back that up you know back that up a little bit further because you were a rn right a nurse yep a critical care registered nurse okay and then um your life took a different direction in an instant what happened the kind of sudden impact that none of us can plan for that in the blink of an eye your life completely changes you don't even know at the time how much it's about to change so i had a car accident in 2005 shall we just dive right into it dive into it Let's do okay this. so uh, it, it's important to kind of to mention it to to really frame where things were at at, at the time of of impact i think for everybody to hear and I was well, I was healthy, I was fit, I loved my career. So it wasn't just a critical care registered nurse, but I was team leader um, in the ICU in our trauma center. I educated uh, students, I preceptored students, I brought on new uh, staff members, created training, like I was fully involved, loved it, it was a part of my life. And then outside of that, I was renovating uh, old house that I had bought and was raising my kids in. So my uh, days off were busier and I worked harder on my days off than I did like in my in my career so I never sat still and this was active in healthy. Saskatoon yes right yeah Canada Canada <laughs> yes 
And then um, the car accident, so just, just like that. And it wasn't, the car accident itself wasn't all that severe. It was just, it was a twisting, shearing injury that uh, literally took six years to really sort out the, the depth of it. And it was uh, a tear in three ligaments right at the base of my head where, where your neck and head join, the two vertebrae. There's, vertebra there's uh, ligaments in between that keep them together and allow you to turn your head in so many movements. And so I had such severe pain, but they can't see on regular x-rays, even regular CT scans and MRI, you can't see those particular ligaments. And they just kept on brushing it off as soft tissue injury. Ah, oh, you have whiplash. It's all in your head. <laughs> yeah, it is all in my head. It's massive pain, like my skull busting uh, headache. And then the muscle spasm would carry into my whole body. I literally uh, was housebound, mostly bedbound for nine and a half years with excruciating pain. It was unbelievable. So when, when, what year was the car accident or when was that? 2005. 2005. Okay. So yeah. you were pretty much bed bound from that point onward. Like you couldn't, you couldn't work. You couldn't do your nursing job. You know, all that phase of your life was over. Correct. So yeah. And the, even the way I was living and raising my kids needed me to be active, be doing stuff, lifting things, pushing things, walking, running, all of that was done. In fact, there was a period of three months where my legs were paralyzed. So um, in and out of the hospital, appointments, raising the kids from bed, it, it was literally everything changed. So that's the physical story part of it. But I think the, great, the, the greater impact that affects the conversation and brought us to where, to where we're at and really what we talked about is, uh, is our mindset. So how we perceive ourselves and how we think it affects so many faucets of our everyday life. And I defined who I was because of what I could and did do. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And then when I lost what I could and did do, who was I? That was the greatest impact. Who was I? All of a sudden I was no longer a nurse and a, a great nurse in my career. I was no longer a great mom. I was still a mom. You know, I, I was no longer a nurse, but I, I was still a mom. But in my opinion of myself, I was no longer a good mom because I defined, it a, I defined a good mom as the activities that I used to do with and for them. And in fact, they, it turned around so that they were often helping me, Steve. What? Like that, that is so uh, uh, impactful on your self-esteem. Like, you know, the pain would be so bad, I would be vomiting. And here they're holding my hair up. They're helping me get dressed. It was, uh, I no longer believed that I was valuable. So that was the... Well, that's going to hit your, that's going to hit your, 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 like you said, your sense of value, your confidence, your self-worth, your mindset involving how you approach everything in life. Yeah, so that, that was my first hurdle, is to believe that I even deserved help, believe that I even deserved to get past that, that hurdle. Um, yeah, so I had, to, I had to switch that, and it wasn't easy, I didn't know what resources to go, so um, thank goodness that I am so relentless and stubborn, always have been, my poor parents. <laughs> 
And so I just kept on seeking and searching. And uh, this is a cool little tidbit. Um, I found it. I, I found my initial, uh, I guess, thread to grab onto, or rope to grab onto by a video game that my son suggested. Really? <laughs> yeah. What video, this game? Is... what video game? <laughs> I can't even remember the name of the game, so I'll just describe it. I'll just describe it. But it, it's <laughs> so... I was seeking methods of distraction because the pain was so intense and they just gave me narcotics and muscle relaxants, but the pain was so intense. So um, my first modality was how, how can I deal with this pain? Number one, how can I deal with this? Stay conscious so I can parent. And so I was always looking for distractions. There's movies, there's shows, there's, I, I, I memorized all the dots and lines on the ceiling of my bedroom. <laughs> Um, and, and, uh, reading was, was a favorite pastime of mine, but I couldn't read like my concentration is gone. And sometimes the vision would go cause the pain is so bad. So, and you can only read so much and the days were long cause I couldn't sleep. So I had more than everybody's usual 24 hours cause there wasn't much sleep. So, um, distraction. And then my son suggested this video game. And in this video game, you, you build a community. It's uh, more like medieval times and you're building a community castles, you're farming for the food, you're mining gold so that you can buy the supplies to look after this village. And then you have to go out and you have to conquer beasts. And so you have to name your character. And I, I was a Ronin at, at one point. And so you can choose what kind of, are you a warrior? You know, what, what are you? And then you have to name your character. And so I named, I just created a name that wasn't a word or a name. And it was Zalemia. And so I was Zalemia and I created a town and little bit by little bit. So I farmed and the crop grew. And so that was a success. It's so interesting. It was a game but it was the little, little success. I just needed little successes. I just it's, needed it's to accomplish your wins. Something. Yes. Stacking your wins. Yes. Even if it's in a different realm venue or a different realm. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to escape into a different realm so I could succeed and build on the layers of my self-confidence. And one, another, uh, so that was one of my ways. And another way to distract myself from the pain is I would go to the beach. And so I was at the beach, I could feel the sand in my toes, I could smell the salt water in the air, I could feel the wind through my hair. So I got as real as I could with that visualization. And then in this game, I layered on all the winds. And so I cr essentially created a, an alter ego, then I took it the next to the next level. And this alter ego was um, everything that I needed to get back to be like, so uh, she had features and a look and she was mighty and she was strong and she was walking and she was doing this and she was doing that. And so I would picture her and then I thought, well, this name from this game is pretty cool. So this alter ego became Zalemia and it followed me through many years into my business because I, I still needed that. And then it just shifted and I didn't, I became her. So then I didn't need that but always aspiring to an, a next level, a next level. And like you said, those micro wins. And then all of a sudden the mindset did shift, but it, it needed to be fed the right environment. Right. Well, you know, it's very important, especially when you're talking about things like confidence, building your confidence and with people who are um, 
battling things like that. And that's necessarily energy, but you know, in their mind, you know, with me when I lost my real estate business and I was left with those same questions you have, you know, so much of my identity was tied up in who I was as a real estate agent and as a business person and how much I earned and all that. And then it was all stripped away. I was left with those same questions like, oh, who the hell am I? Like, it's kind of scary. But with the depression and everything that came with that and what I found myself to do and the way I kind of dug myself out of that hole is that same sort of thing. Okay, you get your confidence back by stacking little wins. Whatever, and it doesn't have to be big. And it's, it's weird that you kind of explain that because that's the exact concept. But through a video game, that's very interesting. For me, it was like, okay, I'm going to get up early. I'm going to get up when I really don't feel like it, whatever that was, 5.30 in the morning. And this was back in you know, 2009 and, and 10 and things like that. So I would, I, I would get up. Okay. That's my first win. I forced myself out of bed and then, you know, eat something nutritional. Okay. That's my second one. So I, I would just, these little things you kind of normally, to me, they were wins. Huge. And in the, in the realm that you're in or in that space that you're in, they're huge. Yes. And if you can keep stacking those little ones, that improves your, your confidence and your mindset so much. So it's just interesting through a video game. I've never heard that before. It worked. It worked, and and I I think I think it's important to uh, to note too as escape escapism or the strategy of escape is not healthy on a regular basis. But when you need to, and that, I guess that's where um, our judgment is really important. Well, it's always important, but in that instance, our judgment is vital. That um, at, at what point, like when is escapism a good strategy? In my in that space, I, it was a must. I I I had to. I had to escape. I couldn't stay there. I had to make sure to come out. <laughs> um, yeah, you you can't just go there and say. It's it's funny because there are, I know people who do things like that. Like they may have not a lot of confidence in themselves as a public speaker. So those create this character that they see as powerful and extroverted and dynamic and, and forceful and everything that they want to be. And they'll create this character and then step into that character before going on stage or before getting on a sales call or, you know, when they really need to perform, they assume this identity that they've created. So that sounds something like very similar to what you'd do with a Zalemia. Now, I remember hearing Zalemia and seeing it in different things, but I didn't know that's where it came about. Yeah. Yeah, that's where it came to me. In fact, my web, my initial website was zulemia.com. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one of my mentors, a common um, person to both of us, uh, uh, David, Dave Sharf, he said to me, when are you going to drop Zulemia? It's time. It's time for you to be Susan Batchelder. And I remember him saying that and asking me and really challenging me. And at first, no, I, I am her. Like, I, obviously I wasn't ready for that, but I needed to hear that. I needed to hear him say that. And it was probably, I, I love that it happened and I didn't know that it happened, but it was probably about two years after that. But so I took note, I heard him. I knew it made sense, but obviously I wasn't ready. I was still hanging on to it. <laughs> it planted the seed. It planted the seed. Oh, I think so. I think so. So hint, hint, the power of being mentored, choosing mentors. <laughs> yeah. Choosing mentors, ones who will actually speak truth into your life. Yeah. 
be very cautious of who you listen to, but do always have someone that is further ahead or where you want to be, someone who has what you need. Right. And, and I just had a, a conversation um, on another podcast with AJ Adams, powerful, powerful guy, business marketing genius. We had that similar conversation of finding a mentor but we took it one step beyond. It's not just somebody who has what you want, but somebody who is who you want to be. You know, and, that, and that's an important distinction for people because so many people get wrapped up in the, the materialism and all that kind of stuff, but they don't look at necessarily at the qualities of people, the qualities that the person has inside to model themselves after. But we digress. <laughs> <laughs> what, I, what I really wanted to ask you, and, and this is both for my own information and, you know, for anybody listening, it's how you made that switch. Because obviously when that happened to you and you were bedbound and you were in so much pain and you were doing a little bit of escapism and creating this character, all while, while that was going on and you couldn't move and you had to, I don't know, I realize a lot of it's stubborn and <laughs> relentless on your part, but what was the mindset shift like now you were forced with not being able to do what you normally do that you were passionate about in your career but also that supported you and your kids so you now had to take your new situation which very difficult and figure out a new path forward to actually make money support your kids pay for your house you know everything that you know room and board you know keep a roof above your head so how did you how did you make that transition because a lot of people i think faced with the same circumstances may just throw in the towel. Yeah, understandably so. So what was it that was going on in your mind when you had were forced to make that transition? So there were so many steps in between. Um, I mean, we could be here for hours, <laughs> but... <laughs> got time. So uh, one, one of the... Would you agree that one of the uh, greatest uh, powers for pushing us forcing us into, into change, asking good questions, and, um, and moving through something and evolving is, is the, abs the absolute need. Yep. And that's what I had. So I had an absolute need to work on my mindset, and I had an absolute need to create other, other uh, source of income, another source of income. Now, before I, I dive into that to answer your question, I was so fortunate. So, so uh, unbelievably fortunate the way my parents raised me around the concept of money because I took my very first paycheck from my nursing career um, and started investing. So I, I had been investing from first paycheck in my career. It was meant for my retirement, but the need arised. So right. I was able to live off of that and my house was paid off because of the, that same mindset of, you know, I, I double and triple paid down my mortgage because I did the calculation of how much interest I'd be paying for the full amortization of, scary, of uh, 30 years. And it's scary. And I thought, I, I want to tip the table on that. So I, I had a money mindset already. Um, I've definitely improved it since, but it was already in place, luckily, uh, so, so luckily. So I had that to pull out. So I leveraged that. First of all, I leveraged it with credit 
and then I pulled it out and used it and then I leveraged the equity in my house and then so I leveraged upon leveraged upon leveraged lived off of the equity I already had and then the table tipped and it was really challenging <laughs> because then I dug a hole of debt but it, it was all required it was all required because the healthcare wasn't uh, cheap in fact I spent over 300,000 of my of my own money on the healthcare and seeking answers I traveled all over the world for that and then of course raising children is not either so a single parent of two of two kids so yeah, once, they're not cheap no not not at all and then I got to a point where and, and I it was in my mind before that I need to make money I need to figure out a way to create more income but it I mean the impact of the lifestyle change and I still didn't have firm answers of the preciseness of my injury and a solution I did not have a solution yet and so, so there's no light at the end of the tunnel none nothing for Zero. you to look forward to and hang your hopes on and be okay once I get here it's good no in fact all of, all the practitioners experts and everywhere everyone that I had seen up until this this point where I needed to make money were all just still telling me this is it this is as good as it gets and it was awful so what is it was that crushing and so overwhelming. To your mindset yeah right so what does that do to your emotional state of like if you're like okay as far yeah. as you know at the time that's all you had to look forward to for the rest of your life that's it so now it's time to sack up and find a way to make money that's right despite so, all of this despite all of that so that that brings us to the fall of 2011 so six years from from the time of losing my income and career and all of that stuff six years and then I was at a point of, of desperation I had just had another surgery they had implanted this nerve stimulator device so I was uh, you know post-op and looking at all of the numbers feeling so overwhelmed and I've just had this surgery with a battery pack implanted and wires going up to my head and I was just I, I remember the moment as if it was yesterday just it, I was so overwhelmed is doesn't our, our vocabulary doesn't have a word of impact but let's say despair would, yeah yeah <laughs> I was so desperate and I thought I have to I have to make some money so I have my laptop that's all been used for games and creating uh, motion videos out of pictures of the kids at soccer and that was my other yeah. pastime I would take um, take pictures and make them into movies which interestingly enough turned out to be some great skills that I learned <laughs> yep. I didn't know that I was, I was I was getting ready with all of these digital skills I, I you know I was getting ready to do what I what we do now um, so then can you imagine what comes up when you google how to make money online at the time <laughs> I didn't every scam didn't in the know. world <laughs> Oh, surveys and all sorts of things. Yeah. yeah, so that's how I got started. Out of desperation, and I searched, searched ways to make money. Uh, the very, uh, I purchased two things, um, actually three things immediately. One was Mike Dillard's Magnetic Sponsoring. Got the whole, the whole package, and at that time it was still delivered to you. So I still have, I still have all the DVDs, the books, uh, everything cool. really cool at the time I didn't know what value I was purchasing isn't that isn't that you know interesting yeah Mike Dillard is kind of an OG in the internet and online marketing space 
and I can imagine that there was a really significant amount of value in that. Yeah. I went through it from beginning to end, all of it repeatedly. So, so I purchased that. I purchased a course of um, uh, websites, built, how to build websites and how to source uh, wholesale products, drop shipping, so e-commerce. Because at the time there wasn't Shopify and plugins, there was no automation. So I purchased a course on how to, how to do that and then a course on affiliate marketing. So that's how I got, got my start. I started and I didn't realize at the time the value of that either. So I started from building from the inside. So how to create a website, how to source products, how to uh, put it all on your website so that it is sellable create your uh, shopping cart and everything. And then on the other side of it, SEO. So the, it all went into search engine optimization and how to get eyes onto the products that you're selling. So my first win, my first paycheck was $11 and I forget the change, 46 cents, I think. I think it was $11 and 46 cents. And my first real, real like, uh, worthy of celebration was the first month that 40,000 visitors to the website and it was how to get ripped.com. It was <laughs> exercise equipment and, and nutritional supplements, but it, it had great search, uh, term. And, um, at the time, Samuel, who, you know, as well was very much into working out. So then that could, that allowed me to, that was time we would spend together. I would, I would ask his opinion. So do you think this piece of exercise equipment, do you think this set of weight is, weights are better or this? So it was a way of us doing something together, some dynamic communication, get his Bonding opinion. Time. Yeah, yeah. And then sometimes then he would search which, which brand was better or whatever. So it was something that we could collab and do together. That's so cool. Yeah. That is so cool. You know, and I'm going to back you up for one second. You said your first win that was really worthy of celebrating was a 40,000 visit. I would say that at first $11 profit was the biggest win of all yes yeah like you 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 built everything you you have everything in theory you've you've done all the work you've learned but it's still all hypothetical at that point yes but when you get i don't care how when you, that when came you first your before business, the forty thousand visitors <laughs> yeah yeah you everybody got to start somewhere and it's you're not going to go from zero to millionaire in overnight, you know, you have to take these steps and believe me, earning that first, you know, whether somebody's looking to get started in e-commerce or whatever it is, that first actual profit is the biggest milestone of all to me. I don't care if it's $5 or 30 cents. I don't care that $11, it doesn't matter. That is huge. Cause then it becomes real. If you can make $11, you can make $100. You can scale up. If it works, you can scale up from anywhere. Right. But exactly. you you can't scale up something that isn't working. Right. And yeah. the other aspect to that is like you took action. A lot of people stay in that hypothetical phase or the learning phase or the getting ready to get ready to get ready to phase and never actually pull the trigger. I took massive action, sometimes maybe too much. <laughs> I was upset. Like on the on the keyboard, sometimes tears rolling down my face and I was at that laptop on the keyboard. If I had so uh, 
like this, what we're doing right here, an interview, or if I had a, arranged a meeting, um, a, a lot of times SEO was a big, the, the big scary thing. So uh, I would do what value can I offer? So that's what I moved into then. All what I learned, then I would teach it. So I would teach uh, at SEO, etc. But it would come time for to for the call that I had scheduled. It was Google Hangouts at the time. And I couldn't get up. I was in so much pain. Like I could have forced myself, but I was in too much pain to speak if I was sitting up. So I'd end up having to do these calls on bed, in bed. I looked awful, but... It was about massive action and showing up. And, and gutting it out because you did what mm. you have to do. And, oh, that's, yeah. and that's kind of when, when we met in, was it 2012, I think? Yes. So it was, it was right around that same time, right after you'd got started in e-commerce and everything else. And when we were collaborating on projects, a lot of times that would be the same thing. You would be flat on your back in bed, barely able to speak. Yeah. And I like, for me, I like almost felt bad. I'm like, we can do this. I feel like it doesn't matter. It's going to be the same tomorrow, the next day. So let's get it out. You know, yeah. that, that was takes... the tricky thing. I'd, I would have to explain to people, you know, I'm crying because I'm in pain. But like, how do you separate that? Like, thank you for your com compassion for feeling me for feeling bad for me. But you can't fix it. And we have work to do. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, so that was the, the, hell the up just as much of <laughs> Yeah, that was just as much of a challenge because I ended up helping people feel better because they feel ba felt bad for seeing me. Like, you know what I mean? Like it was a vicious circle here. I'm trying to make them feel better. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> right, right. Well, I think people naturally going to have, they, you could tell them, oh, you know, I'm, I'm bedroom and a lot of pain. But then when they actually see you or something like that, they're like, oh, God, okay. <laughs> yeah. And they're wondering, I'm like, never mind, never mind. Let's let's get back to work. <laughs> yeah, don't mind me. Don't mind. Well, well, that's one of the things that struck me about you because that takes a lot of grit. That takes a lot of determination. That takes a lot of inner strength to do that and push through that kind of pain. And it takes a certain mindset that you're just going to do what it takes every single day, no matter what the obstacle is. Yeah. Can we, can we talk about why for a minute? Sure. Why is always the important. That's the motivator, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> if it was just for me, I'm not sure if I would have pushed through as much. I don't know if I would have had the same grit. I had kids okay. to feed and kids to look after. So if ever I wondered, I just can't do this today, I would just look in their eyes. So my why, and, and that, you know, sometimes it, it's said so often that maybe it loses some of its weight, but my why did make me cry. My why did pull out the grit. My why did make me dig deep for the courage and the strength and the wherewithal and to ask better questions so that I could do better or so that I could learn more and get where I needed to go so that I could evolve through this. But it was always about them. That was my driving force. That was, they literally were my why. And then it shifted to, okay, I need to work harder. And that, that year that we met, 2012, was when I uh, learned about the possibility and potential of stem cells being my solution. And so as soon as I learned that, then 
the underlying why was still the same. It was for them. And then there's a second why, if we have time, if we could go back to the second why, because oh, yeah, I think it's powerful. Absolutely. Um, so I started researching that that could be my solution. And then if I were to do that, I had another little hurdle, deserving hurdle in all vulnerability, I didn't quite believe that I deserved it. So my children deserved me to work hard and provide for them. But I wasn't sure yet at that point if I deserved the stem cells, like to work hard, because they were not cheap. So they were between 15,000 and 30,000 a session. Okay. So, and that's, a, that's another thing. I'm glad you brought that up instead of just looking at the, oh yeah, I pushed through because my kids, right? I think that's not invalidating because it's a powerful drive, especially for a mother, I believe, and, and fathers too. But I think a lot of people hit hardships in their life and they look at something that they want or they look at your story and they be like, oh, okay, well, she got stem cells at 30,000. I can't get that. I don't have the money for that. That's what uh, I did. That's, that's too much money. Right. So there was a combination of like, well, that's so far out of reach and you don't even kind of entertain it. And that that's what's fascinating to me is because is, a, a lot of people are limited by, and I have been in my past limited by their self-belief oh well that's out of my reach i can't that's thirty thousand. i can't do that I, I can barely put food on the table so that's when you start asking those questions right like instead of oh i can't do that how can i do that and it took me a, a solid year and a half so first i was striving to create income to cover the bills that's it and provide for my children and that's all i could uh, digest at the time that's that's all I could do and then I had to work on that deserving and the future so how can I and here comes here comes your how question how can I continue to scale up and increase my income in this state how how can I do more when I'm in this state of being this state of what wellness, the state of health, right. uh, because the state of excruciating pain. Yeah. Because there's all the, there's all the other long-term ramifications of chronic pain. It starts affecting every organ in your body. And that's the point that I was at. I was at a tipping point where it was affecting my cortisol level had been so high for so long that now I was in cortisol depletion. I had no cortisol. So, everything my my energy that's when the depression hit um in fact the year that we met uh july 8th of 2012 in all vulnerability was the lowest point ever and i entertained suicide so it was that was one of the pivot points i was so ashamed so so ashamed that i entertained that thought and that shame acknowledging that shame drove me to make some decisions. Okay, you got to this point. Um, what are you gonna do now? How are you gonna turn it around? How are you gonna be better and do more? Have a look at those solutions again. Because if you don't put your oxygen on first, you can't help your children put the oxygen on. My, my other why um, and I, I call this this the moment that this why came to be, and it, it included it included 
Samuel and Jessica, but it, it was a bigger picture and it, it helped me drive force to everything else that I was doing. And I call it my uh, compass decision. I made it in this moment where I was in the hospital with these paralyzed legs. I'm looking at these legs and they won't move. Um, my mom had come in for the day. Both the kids were there. I had been up in the chair to visit with them and then I was getting tired and I was going to uh, push the button to call the nurse and ask to go back to bed. And Samuel was eight. Jessica was six. And Samuel said, no, mom, don't call the nurse. I'll do it. Uh, just, that's the kind of son he always was. <laughs> I'll do it. And so I said, no, 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 it's, it's okay. Um, I'll call the nurse. No, I'll do it. So he insisted. And he helped me back to bed. He was uh, fixing my legs, straightening them out. Jessica, six years old, jumps up onto the bed. She's at my feet and she faces me and she's wiggling my toes, looking at them, talking to them. And she said, come on toes, come on toes, get moving, mommy needs you. And I just, you know, when time stands still and I scanned that, I, I looked at Samuel, like, <laughs> talk about, so there's a, there's a moment of, gratitude or there's a feeling of gratitude like thank you so much you're so amazing I was so proud of him he's so amazing to to step into his manhood as a boy to want to right. help and do that it's especially at such brilliant. a young age oh it's so great so great um, at, and then at the same time so that's the positive side of it and at the same time your your ego like I'm supposed to be looking after you you're eight crushing. And I look at my mom, she's crying and it, it just time stood still. And I scanned the room and scanned the situation. I was a professional critical care nurse. And now I'm a professional patient. Like, look at this, look at this. I'm, I, what do I do now? I don't, and I, I don't know. I don't have an advocate. I don't know what to do. What a situation. Wow. This is how it feels when people have, you know, this is how my patients would feel when they had a devastating um, injury or illness or something. Wow, this is how they felt. There was so much happening in that, in that moment. Welcome to the, my, now what everybody calls ADD mind. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> so I made a decision when, and it was so interesting how it came back, at, which is why I love reflecting on this moment. I didn't ask if in that moment and in my weaker times after that I went back to remember that moment where you were determined and decided it wasn't if it was when I get myself out of this situation I want to be a resource to empower others in this situation whether it's the how-to or the the spirit because I felt so broken I I, I would have loved for somebody to just say it's going to be okay it's okay. I would, uh, I would have just loved that. I didn't know how to ask for it, but that's what I wanted. That's what I needed is somebody to say, it's okay. You're going to get through this. So then I just had to be that. <laughs> so when that was my compass decision. Supporter. Yeah. Because it, my, my situation isn't, you know, I'm not the only person that has had sudden impact. We all have some degree of sudden impact. So I wanted, I decided I wanted to be that resource for 
other people in that moment. So that was always in the back of my mind. How can I, how can I help? What are people going through? What, what do they need right now? And of what I have to offer, how can I help them? So it helped me always. It, it was my compass decision because it guided me to target audience. If we know who we're speaking to, we can get specific. You, that is one of your great skill sets. We have to be specific. And so if it starts with the audience, who are we speaking to? What are their needs? What are their, what are their pain points? What are they seeking? What are they looking for? And how can we be of service? How can we provide that? We'll all, it'll always keep you in work. It goes back to a lesson that my dad taught me right from a, a, a child. Decide your work or service based on not what everybody needs today. Definitely consider that. But what will they need in the future? So he, and so he was a water well driller. He knew that he would never be able to work because people were always going to be needing water. So what, what can we do? So that, that, that was the second layer of the why. So back to that darkest moment um, that I was very, very ashamed of. Um, and thank you for, for hearing that because I, I think it's important to say it. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's, it's important for some people to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. So then that asking that how. So how are you going to change this now? And stem cell So was, how did you change that? Yeah, so um, I kept on researching, and once I decided that I deserved it, interestingly enough, um, I found the clinic. Once I decided I deserved it, it's almost like the, and the universal energy provided the information. So I had been searching, researching for a year, and it was the tipping point of deciding that I deserved it, and then three amazing clinics came up within my search, spoke to all of them, decided on a clinic, and it, Dr. Gonzalez was so amazing in, just in that first call, and then I had a second call because I had more intense questions than most of his patients. In fact, he was a bit taken aback sometimes. Um, well, you were a critical care nurse, so you kind of know what questions to ask. Yeah, I, and I was, I was trying, and I did. I remember telling him that I'm trying really hard to stay on the patient side, but I can't help it. <laughs> it's in your nature. Yes, yes, and so I, there is no way that I could afford it. So still, to go back to what you, what you said, where people stay, it's not an option because I don't have the money. Right. And so once. Again, the energy, what you open to, what you're open to, and what you are seeking, it's, it's just, you know, reticular activated system. We see different things once we're, our consciousness is open to it. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure, but within six weeks, I made the money. Wow. That's amazing. And it was all through e-commerce and everything you were doing online, just the pieces. When you... Yeah, it's a lot of times when you make that decision or you start accepting your worthwhile or you actively start seeking by asking the right questions again, how, Yeah. then the, then the ways the path will appear. Yeah. Because yeah, it was absolutely. basically the same thing that you were doing and had been doing for a couple of years. It just it now opened up. Yes. I, I had, I accelerated. I took things to the next level. So I started building my email list. I, I had... A, for the first time, I had a high ticket offer to offer people, and I 
promoted that really hard through the email list. Yeah, there you go. And then uh, that that's actually when I met you because you went, you had the stem cell injections down in Mexico. November, 2014. <laughs> you know the exact date. Over Thanksgiving. Actually, like it, it was uh, October, October uh, 14th or 15th. And then we met the week before Thanksgiving. Right, because I was living in Playa del Carmen, Mexico, and you had gone to, where was it, Matamoros, or where was the, the stem cell clinic? Progreso. Progreso, okay. So you were in the northern by the border of Texas, yeah. and the doctor told you after you get the stem cells all injected and everything, you need to chill out for a couple of weeks, so you decided what better place to chill out than Playa. That's right. <laughs> right, so we went from virtual social media type online acquaintances yeah. to actually, the stem cells themselves were pretty miraculous because I had seen you for several years on your back, crying in pain, you know, unable to walk to the mailbox and get your mail and, and all that kind of stuff. And then I was picking you up at the Cancun airport and you came running down the ramp and actually smashed over a trash can. And I barely recognized you because this is not the Susan Batchelder that I had become friends with and had seen yeah. online and pain and then, you know, incapacitated and bedridden and everything else that you were running, ah! <laughs> Swinging my suitcase, knocking garbage cans over. Swinging, yeah, it was like a, it was like a okay, Mario Brothers video game. First day of my new legs. <laughs> first day of my new legs, yeah. Like a baby deer. <laughs> so, that was, and, that was and like. And the guards, with, the guards with the guns are looking at me like. <laughs> yeah, like what's going on here is she in danger <laughs> but even even me i was like holy shit like wow it, the the stem cells are i'm you know that's we could do a whole discussion on that i don't, really don't want to get into the you know the medical stuff but ab, absolute night and day difference for you in terms of repairing now you've had to have them since and stuff but i remember you were just walking on the beach. You were in Playa for like two weeks. And I remember you were just like, wait, what'd you do today, homie? Or like, I walked for like five miles. <laughs> yeah. I just haven't walked in a decade. So I kind of want to walk. I was like, yeah, understandable. Yeah. Understandable. And, and then Winston mugged you with hugs and everything. Yeah. Oh, that was such an amazing moment. Meeting, meeting Winston and uh, just, just, just the whole experience of, I mean, we had met already, but that was the day that we had some time to hang out and chill. And I got to meet Winston and then, and then you were all worried, like, because he just, he did his slow, big dog curl up on me and I hadn't gained my strength yet. So I couldn't, I couldn't stay sitting up. So he just, <laughs> and I just fell right backwards. I was like, no, don't, don't hurt her. Don't hurt her. But he was so gentle about it, but you just were just like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I am so sorry. <laughs> yeah, imagine that. Like, so spending that much time, nine and a half years, mostly just resting and laying back in recliners and on your bed, you lose so much of your core strength that even he was so gentle, I could not even hold myself up based on his little bit of pressure to come and say hello. Yeah, well, he was like 95 pounds. Yes, <laughs> it's still. a little bit of weight, but yeah, yeah, that was that was so funny. It was so amazing to see the the transformation, and then, you know, obviously, you've gone on and accomplished a, a ton. Like, what are you working on now? So now, 
it is all, all all of what I focus on is passive income. Right. Passive income streams and doing the research and due diligence, trying everything in the background before offering it to others. And I have a business partner, Bren, and uh, yeah, so we have a community where we offer um, viable, reliable, passive income streams. And of course, I'm an active investor, um, financial asset trader. Right. Yeah, I feel, you know, and I, I feel like we're, we're kind of skipping over a ton of stuff, but that was the, really the part that I, I was so, I have so much admiration and respect for you is overcoming that kind of stuff, you know, and then, you know, obviously you took what you learned, you took your newfound sense of health and energy, and, you know, obviously you've kept learning and kept growing and, and achieved, you know, large amounts of success. But I mean, all of that was due to your mindset. And the mindset and the thought process that you adapted in your darkest hour mm-hmm. and that determination and that grit and that absolute non-negotiable resolution to see it through. Yeah. And that that's, you know, that's powerful. Yeah. I could not have done it, Steve, if I wouldn't have addressed my mindset. Yeah. And added knowledge. So the, the two go in together. So with my before the pivot point, before starting the journey and all throughout the journey, I could not get to any next level without uh, evolving and adjusting my mindset and adding knowledge all the way. The, the, the two had to go hand in hand. I, I never, and I, I hope everyone hears this, and I know you don't either, but I think, I think it's really good to consciously say in, to ourselves, I don't know everything. I am open to learning. And that that's one thing that I am grateful. I never ever assumed even skill sets that I had, you know, quote unquote mastered or I had become good at them, great at them, created results. There's always more to learn, always being open to learning. So I think that was one of the greatest things. And again, like you said, that goes back to mindset. It was my the perspective of knowing that you could learn more, seeking to to look up and look out to either books, audio, video, mentors, people that were already the people and had the knowledge and expertise that we don't yet have. We've never arrived. It's, it's a journey. We've never arrived. It's, it's always a journey. And one thing that I've seen, I take pride in myself and in, in being adaptable and always trying to learn new things and, and what have you. This podcast being one of them, it's been in a huge learning curve, you know, from, from, you know, getting equipment because I'm taking the whole thing on the road. Right. You know, so I had to have be mobile. So I got the baddest webcam there is 4k and i and then that overloaded my computer i had to get a new laptop because the graphics card and the the ram couldn't handle it and it was all this learning journey just on the equipment and then the software and then you know editing and then marketing and and all of these things i had no experience with whatsoever and but it's fun you take your lumps it can get frustrating but it's it's something new and one thing that i've noticed is when People tend, when they get older, they tend to not be as open for some reason to taking on new things or learning new things. And that is, to me, that's really sad because when you're older, you've got a lot of experience to rely on. 
you have a lot more solid view of who you are. And that, to me, that's almost a, a better time to learn new things, to open yourself to new experiences and take on new challenges because you have a lot of experience and knowledge in life that you can lean on that can make you pick these things up. But instead, a lot of people tend to, oh, I can't do that, it's new or, or whatever. They, they kind of shut down when they get older. And I think that's so sad because even though you listen to Gary Vee, he's like, talks, if you're 50 or 60 years old, you think you're, you're ready to throw in the towel. No, you're just starting. You've got another 20, 30 years in front of you, barring some crazy freak, you know, car accident or, or something weird or, or disease. The, the length of life and how long we're actually able to live and be productive is getting longer all the time, especially with these new things, AI and, you know, Neuralink and all these advancements. Even if you're 40, 50, 60, you might have another 20 or 30 good years in front of you. So that is now is the time to pick up a new skill. Yes. Or advance a, a present skill. So even, right. of course, we should always be picking up new skills. But assuming that we know everything there is to know or that there's nothing, no way to further our existing strengths or, and or skill set is uh, terribly short-sighted. There's, there's always the next level in what we're already good at. Um, two of the things, well, so many of the things that we talked about are related to uh, tools of titans. Tim Ferriss gathers uh, so many titans. And, and so it, it's good to explore uh, a broader group of these were am amazingly accomplished individuals that he interviewed and that he shared. And so each one of them, he shared highlights. And what they had in common was they asked bigger questions. They asked different questions of themselves and they all had rules and habits. They created custom unique to their, uh, whatever their goals were or whatever their strengths were. They created their own rules and, um, and their own habits to get to where they wanted to get. And that's what, you know, what we've talked about and has everything to do with mindset where we start from and our perspective and where we want to go is is really going to be the driver of that. Like the Ronin, creating yeah. your own path, the master yeah. list, the wandering man. You, and you have to have you rules have to create... and goals right. and habits. Yes. <laughs> Discipline. Exactly. You've got to have those. You can create them for yourselves, but you have to follow these patterns. You have to follow these rules. What works for you? Always keeping in mind you know, the end result and where you want to go on your journey, but you have to have a framework and a structure within that process. Yeah. I think that's important for people, but yeah, that, that, you know, I was, I'm, I'm glad we got to dig into that a little bit because I knew a lot of your story. Now as part of it, you know, like you come into Mexico right after the stem cells, I was the first person outside of the, the medical staff that actually saw you. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, because of the timing, it was right after that. So that's why nobody else that's, that's unique to you. And then even yeah. in that time period, that two weeks that I was there every single day, I was evolving and, um, getting, getting stronger. It was hard to believe. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that had to feel so amazing after what nearly, like you said, nine and a half years of intense pain being bedridden. You know, dealing with all that kind of stuff it had to be like 
being released from prison. It felt crazy to be able to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Which is something we kind of all take for granted, really. Yeah. And, and for the first seven days, Dr. Gonzalez called every, every single day to check on me in the morning. And I think it was on the fourth day after I had been there. Um, I, I answered differently. So he was kind of, Susan, is that you? And I said, yes. Yes, it's me. Hello. <laughs> he goes, how are you today? It's crazy, but I woke up with Tigger inside. He said, what? <laughs> Who's Tigger? <laughs> but I had so much energy that that's how I could describe it as Tigger. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. <laughs> yeah. It was just so astonishing I was thinking to Tony me. the Tiger. We're great. <laughs> yes. I'm old. It's all good. <laughs> That is, but yeah, that's, that's so awesome because that, that perseverance, that level of perseverance and grit and everything is all mindset. It is. And, Absolutely. you know, you found the solutions, you gutted it out. And that is one of the reasons that I have the, just the highest level of respect for you because I, I saw Thank it. You. Thank you. I, I, I can't take full credit for it though. I mean, a part of it is that it, it's in my nature. We can all create it, but it, it honestly is in my, in my nature. I, the most incredible um parents that they both are at you know action oriented goals etc so um i have to i have to mention them i it's not i didn't do it myself and then worth mentioning and i'm not just saying that because we're here on the on the ronin mindset and and you're hosting the call and you know this but i have to say this for the audience steve it's a big part of choosing uh, very intentionally who you surround yourself with. So you can do all the work and, and get your mindset in a certain way, but it's so easy, your environment, to offset it and disrupt that. And so I was very particular about who I spent time with, who had any sort of energy in my world, and I cut out a lot of people. It wasn't easy. But I cut out anything that was negative or not the energy that I needed. It might not have been bad energy, but if it wasn't the energy that would support this mission that I was on, they were cut out for the time being. It didn't mean for always. And so you were, as we did regular, you know, sometimes weekly sessions where we were creating content together. And so you were a big part of that. It was always on the upflow. It was always something new that we talked about. It was challenging. We would discuss things. And that's, that is a huge part of it. So um, I didn't do it alone. You know what is, well, it's not, I was going to say it's funny. It's not funny. It's, it's just this absolute common thread with every single person I talk to who has any level of success. Inevitably, if we're talking mindset and we're talking how to position yourself correctly to achieve whatever you want to achieve in life, whether it's, you know, a happy relationship or financial goals or whatever it is, every single person without fail says that the people that you surround yourself is absolutely critical. You know, you're, you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with the closest. And it's, it's, I think it's very telling to be honest, that whenever you talk to somebody or whenever you list, truly listen to somebody who's trying to share tidbits and mindset, every single one of them is going to mention that. Every person I've talked to on this podcast, I think, has mentioned that. Really? And you brought it up without me trying to coax it out of you. 
<laughs> you know? So I, I think, you know, when you talk to successful people, you, you're going to see common threads always, always. And that's one of the strongest ones. So, and you know, if anybody is really looking to improve their situation, no matter where you're at, I mean, a lot of people think they have it bad, you know, including me, like I went through depression. All I did, all I had lost was money and stuff, homes, cars, you know, all that. But it hit me so hard. I wasn't going through anything near what you were going through. I wasn't going through anything near what many thousands of people have gone through. But you defined yourself with it, right? Right. You, you adopt that as like your identity. Oh, I'm this, you know, whatever. And it's tough to shake that. And then you look and you see people who are truly going through it. And it can be kind of humbling. It puts things in perspective. Like, why the hell... My letting this define me. You know, so people are going through much worse and come and accomplishing much more. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. There's always somebody worse off. Oh, always. You know, not not that you always want to get caught up in playing the comparison game, but it's true. It's important to do the comparison for perspective. Yes. Not to see who's better, who's doing more, or you're trying to beat somebody. That's 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 the wrong kind of comparison. But if you can look at it from like, okay, put things in perspective in your life. There are people, you know, whatever anybody's going through right now that they think is the block between them and success. There's somebody who has started in a much worse position and overcome much worse things to accomplish much more than you even want. So then you can too. Exactly. 100%. If they can, I can too. That's a, a good, you know, um, whether you want to call it, uh, meditation or an attribute that you just speak to yourself every day they can so i can too 100 100 because we're all we're all human beings we all have 24 hours in the day what we do with those is largely going to be dictated by our mindset which is going to dictate our actions and how we stack those little wins every day whatever they are whether it's a video game getting up on time scheduling a podcast guest making those sales calls, whatever it is, you've got to stack those wins every day. And the it starts with your mindset. The first thing when you wake up in the morning, you're going to win that day. Yeah. So awesome. Well, I was looking forward to having you on. I'm glad you could carve out some time. I know you're super busy with the company and all that, but this is absolutely amazing. I really appreciate it. Excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I can't wait to get this thing on the road and hopefully we can talk again in the future. Yes, please. Because in a few short weeks, I'm going to be in Thailand. And, and after that, I have no plans whatsoever. It, a lot of it will depend on whether I like it, what the visa will allow me, where I go after that. Who knows? I'll figure it out. Because uh, you can go wherever you want to. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So as long as I got good internet and a background, I'm going to be good. So Awesome, homie. Well, I appreciate it. Susan Batchelder, is, if anybody wants to follow you or get a hold of you, what's your socials? What's... Uh, Susan Batchelder. So Facebook, Instagram are really the, the two main ones. LinkedIn is fine. And I use my name as my username. So Susan Batchelder, B-A-C-H-E-L-D-E-R. Right. Awesome. Well, follow her. She's an inspirational woman and I'm going to let you go. But uh, once again, really appreciate your time. Thank you.